with the Average Impact Podcast. Uh, I'm Charlie. This is my brother, Drew. He's back with us again. Uh, probably safe to say, as long as he wants to, we'll probably end up putting him, making him a partner of this podcast. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, with that being said, we'll jump into what happened uh, this last weekend with the UFC fight. Um I mean freaking Cyril Gone is a killer. Yeah. I think that's all, all that needs to be said about that, but give me your take on the entire card. Um it was a pretty good card. Uh I started watching at the Miles Johns fight which was a he was a really technical fight against Dos Santos. Um he destroyed uh-huh. Dos Santos's leg, and it was pretty much over after the first round because his leg was done. But um, that was a good fight. I missed the Manel Cop fight, um, and then the women's fight: Jessica Penne submission against the Polish chick Karolina, uh, which was just weird because Karolina is not a grappler, and she willingly went to the ground to grapple with somebody who is a grappler and then she got submitted so there was just no like fight iq or any any intelligence there no intelligent life um but yeah the ed herman alonzo menafield fight the light heavyweights that was a great fight but his leg got absolutely destroyed i don't know if you saw that fight no i uh so again, I'm I'm starting to get in the groove of things, and I'm kind of able to, uh, uh, kind of get into a rhythm so that I'm able to to know when I can watch these fights and stuff. Um, and I figured it out. No thanks to Dana White. Um, but uh, where did I start watching? I I watched basically the main card. There were a couple times I got a little interrupted, but I I pretty much watched the entirety of the main card. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to watch the prelims just because of work's been a little extra we've been working a little extra here uh recently uh also apologize ahead of time you guys are probably going to hear some some background noise they're doing a lot of flying right now so i just have zero control over that um but yeah i I tuned in to the main card and uh my notes are kind of everywhere because my notes were just sporadic while i was watching and everything but I mean, yeah, my ultimate takeaway is that Cyril Gaon is a freaking killer. I mean, and it's already been said by, like, every other, you know, commentator, every other spectator, Dana White himself, that Cyril Gaon moves like a middleweight, and he's a heavyweight, and he is going to cause a lot of trouble for Francis Naganyu, regardless yeah. of power. Cyril Gaon's got power. Yeah, and, uh, but back to, like, the light heavyweight fight, when these guys take leg kicks, especially at the light heavyweight with... Menafield, his legs are just massive and so when he's throwing these leg kicks he threw like two of them and then all of a sudden ed herman's leg had massive swelling on the front of it like it was insane they even brought the doctor in to check on the swelling um because you can actually separate the muscle from the bone if you get too much swelling like that and they let the fight go on ed herman had an insane chin because he took some huge shots uh, it went to a decision. Ed Herman almost probably got knocked out a couple times or TKO'd. But uh, Menafield had a really good performance. Menafield took some big shots, too, from Herman. Herman's been around forever. Um, I think he has, like, 20 fights or something in the UFC. Insane. 
he's been in the UFC for like 15 years. But um, that was a crazy fight. I missed the next fight. But then the Bobby Green fight was a fight I was really looking forward to. And I don't know if that was on the main card or not. I think it was the last prelim fight. It was the last prelim but, fight. Um, I got to watch like the highlights and notes from that fight, so I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I saw yeah. enough. Bobby Green, he was like a 3-1 to one underdog for some reason. and He's old. Yeah, he's old. He's been around for a long time in the UFC too, but he always comes to fight. He's never shown his age in the cage, really. Um, he's usually a little bit slow to get started, but he always, he has he fights with his hands down, but he just has incredible head movement, and it was a great fight. Rafael Fiziev, Fiziev, however you say his last name, I, is I a really technical Fiziev. striker. He did really well. Um, he definitely won the first two rounds. Bobby Green definitely won the third round. If that fight was a five-round fight, I think Bobby Green was going to win because Fiziev was getting tired. Bobby Green was just starting to come on. Um, so it was a fun now, fight. I'm, Any Bobby Green fight is going to be a fun fight to watch for sure. And Fiziev is definitely an up-and-comer. Yeah, Fiziev, uh he called out Hasbula, which is, you know, I'd like to see that fight. <laughs> I don't know how, uh, you know, never mind, bad joke. We're going to steer away from that. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so watching only really the highlights and, and bits and pieces of that fight you know, it was hard for me to put together my own full opinion of the scorecards, but from what they showed, it made it look like Raphael Fazeev just kind of just just kind of outvolumed Bobby Green. Yeah, um, in the first two rounds, he outvolumed yeah. him for sure. Um, and uh, it, it seemed to be a close fight. And then at the end, listening to the scorecards, I think there was a thirty twenty seven. Mm-hmm. The thirty twenty seven was weird because in the fourth in the third round, Bobby Green doubled the output of Fazeev, I believe. And uh, it was just like there was no way that Fazayev won the third round, but how I don't know how I they mean, scored that. So whatever, I didn't get to watch that fight. I was just curious of, of what that looked like. Uh, another big fight was a uh, Vicente Vicente Luque yeah. and um, Michael Chiesa. That was another oh, fight I was shit. excited to watch. Um, the like Michael Chiesa is an insane uh, grappler. And I saw some comment that Michael Chiesa is the best submission artist that always gets submitted himself. Um, <laughs> and it's true. He's got caught by, he got caught by Kevin Lee in a rear naked choke and got submitted. He got caught by somebody else in a guillotine, I believe, and got submitted. He's been submitted a few times. He's an insane submission artist. He's a great wrestler. He got too cocky. He, he does have a better ground game than Vicente Luque for sure. He almost had him. But he was he was getting loose and not being as technical as he needed to be when he had the back and when he had him on the ground, and he made a mistake when he tried to switch to the armbar, and then when he tried to roll out of it and tried to go back to like a single leg almost, Vincente Luque just locked up that Darce or Anaconda or whatever it was, and yeah, when that he, was when he locked it was a Darce. Yeah, it was a Darce choke. When he locked up that Darce, it was fucking tight. Like off it, the was bat, it was tight, tight instantly, and instantly yeah. I'm like, oh, it's done. There's no it's getting out of over. that. Like, yeah, that was, was so tight over. and locked in so smoothly, and Vincente Luque's locked in that Darce on a few other guys. That's like his go-to submission move, and he is a legit black belt. He grapples with Gilbert Burns all the time. So yeah. that was – it was excite- It was an exciting fight for how long it lasted. I wish Absolutely. it would have gone on longer. Michael Chiesa – hit him with a nice two-piece a nice two-piece combo 
one two yeah. right on the stand up, and he's not a striker, but that was a crisp one two. And Vincente Luca is like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But uh, yeah. it was a fun fight to watch. It only lasted for like two minutes, I think, three minutes. But uh, it was fun. Then we had old uh, Josie Jose, uh, Jose, yeah, Jose Aldo, Aldo, and uh, Pedro Munez. Is that right? That's who we fought, right? I have yeah. it written down. And for some reason, yeah, it's Jose Aldo, right Pedro name. Munez. Um, I think I spelled it wrong because I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, Pedro Munez and uh, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo looked younger. Jose Aldo. Cage. So Jose Aldo is younger than Pedro Munoz. He's a year younger. No, but I'm I'm, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Pedro Munoz. So Jose Aldo's been around for a long time. Yeah. And he kind of fell off there for a little bit, and it, it kind of made him look old. And well, he I'm fell off he when he looked, lost to McGregor, essentially. But um, he but looked he, young. Like he looked like young again, like pre-McGregor. Yeah. But like he I said, he was good. faster than Pedro Munoz. Um, Absolutely. Jose Jose Aldo is. No joke. He it's we it's odd that he's cutting down the bantam weight because when he was cutting down to forty five, it was a rough weight cut for him. So he's done some serious work with his diet and getting his body tuned right, which is hard to do as you get older like that to be able to make that cut to one thirty five. Um, and he's not that much bigger than the guys at one thirty five, so it's probably a rough yeah. cut for him. But you can just tell he looks incredibly shredded because he's got zero body fat oh, on him when he's God. down there. But, um, yeah, the guy, the guy's sitting at like three or four percent body fat. Like he yeah. looked fucking ripped. It was crazy. Um, so he's like, it's the minimum he can go down to. But he was so fast. He didn't use his leg kicks as much as he like. He when he was at one forty five, he used them a lot. He used them a couple times here, but not too many times. Um, he was just so much faster than Pedro Munoz. And Pedro Munoz, I feel I feel bad for him because he's a great fighter too. And I think his last fight, I want to say he lost to Frankie Edgar. Um, and Frankie, that was a great fight. I, or he lost to somebody else. Yeah, I think he also lost to Marlon Marias the fight before that. Um, but Pedro Munoz is a really good bantamweight fighter. He's definitely top ten material in the bantamweight division, which is really a stacked division right now. Yeah. Um, it is. So it sucks that he had to lose. Jose Aldo is really good. Jose Aldo's only losses in the bantamweight division are Peter Yawn and um, who else did he lose to? I forget. But he and then he beat Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera. Um, but his first fight was against Peter Yawn, I believe. And so if he had won that fight, he would have already been talked for fighting for the title. So Jose Aldo should be at the top in that division. Um, it's gonna be hard for him to. He could probably beat uh, an Aljamain Sterling. It's going to be hard for him to beat uh, Corey, Cody, Corey Sandhagen. And uh, TJ Dillashaw would be a good matchup for Jose Aldo. TJ's going to wait out for a title shot. But that was a great yeah, fight. T- I don't know if it won fight of the night, but it was a fun fight to watch. I don't know who won fight of the night either. I was going to ask you that because I could not find. Uh, I, mean, the, I, didn't, I didn't research it that much, but I didn't see it pop up anywhere. It usually it does. But, well, uh, so uh, I believe... I, oh, fight of the night was Bobby Green, Raphael Fazai. Okay. Which I think I called thinking. early on. I think I might have called that. Or I called yeah, so Pedro I, Munoz one. So but. we asked, so I asked you last week uh, at the end, I said, what are your two highlight fights? And I guess essentially that, that was kind of us putting uh, uh, our thoughts of what could be the fight of the night uh, between two fights. You said Bobby Green and Raphael Fazeev. Now, granted, you didn't even know who Raphael Fazeev was. You're like, no, I didn't know who Fazeev was, but I knew Bobby I Green, and that's either. all I needed yeah. to know. Um, 
And I believe you also said Pedro Munez and Jose Aldo. Yeah, those were the two fights the outside two the main event that I was really excited to watch and the Michael Chiesa fight, but that I knew was going to be grappling heavy. Yeah, I picked uh, my two fights were the Song Yudong and Casey Kenny fight and then the Francis, or not Francis Naganyu, I have that written down in front of me, um, <laughs> Derek Lewis and Cyril Gaon. Um, that was my two picks. I The Song Yudong and Casey Kenny fight didn't disappoint either. That was no, a good fight. that was a good fight as well. It was a split decision. It shouldn't have been. It Song Yudong won no. that. Yeah, um, but it was a great fight. Yeah, it was a really good fight. Casey Kenny, I like watching him fight. He's a wrestler, yes. and yep. he didn't even try to use his wrestling until way he too late not. in the fight. Yes, that's exactly. that was his downfall. Song Yudong's a better striker than him. Now he held and his I'm own curious. on the feet for sure, but it was it was a I'm fun not, fight to watch. But I'm curious about how those guys, how a wrestler going into a fight feels. Do you understand that your weakness is your stand-up and you are smart about that? Or do you feel like you have a chip on your shoulder and you need to prove something with your stand-up? Because sometimes I think those guys think that, you know, obviously they're good at boxing. You can't say they're not good at it. You know, some are better than others. Exception, Ben Askren, you just suck at boxing. (laughs) But, uh, um, you know, you're obviously not going to – you're probably not going to be at the level as the guy you're fighting. And do you understand that? Or do you have a chip on your shoulder and you need to – you need to need to prove something. Sometimes I'm like, man, why are you just not going to the ground? Like, why yeah. are you not trying to force this fight on the mat? Because if you could force this fight onto the mat, that's going to be your area of expertise, and you know you can outclass them. And it's almost like well, especially they don't when the other guy's not a wrestler, right? It's one and thing that, if that's the other saying. guy is a wrestler, and you're like, okay, maybe I can't take him in wrestling, so I'm going to keep it standing. But when you know right. that you are the better grappler, or at least you should know you're the better grappler. Yeah, and I get it. Wrestling takes know. a lot more energy out of you, right? So if you're not going right. to have success from it, to do it early on and have and fail with it, it's going to drain your energy. And then if you get stuck on the feet, you're going to get pieced up more. So I understand it, but you got to have confidence in your skill sets. And there was so like when he fought Dom, when he lost the decision to Dominic, um, there was a reason he didn't take Dominic down. Dominic was probably equal at least in grappling, but. And that was a close fight yeah. too, but Dominic won that fight that because he got fight. a takedown. He did. So and it was a close he should have used his wrestling was, more. Honestly, for me, that was the fight where I was like, "All right, Casey Kenny, Casey Kenny could be somebody." Yeah, he's when a he good fighter Dominic in that Cruz. division. Yeah, I'm like he can be someone. I don't think he's quite proven himself as one of the top guys yet. Obviously, no, but, but he's he probably like somebody. just outside the top fifteen. He's probably yeah. right in that area, yeah. And and Song Yudong also. Song Yudong is, is going to be somebody. I think he yep. could also be somebody. So it sucks that Casey Kenny's on back-to-back losses, but he lost to Dominic Cruz and Song Yudong. Those I think two they're guys, both split decisions. So. They, they are both split decisions. And the, the Song Yudong one maybe shouldn't have been a split decision. Dominic Cruz, yeah. I kind of see that being a split decision. It was a close fight. Yep. But, um, you know, whatever. Like, all in all, this card overall – the card was pretty fucking incredible. Yep. Um, it, it didn't it didn't line up that way. Like you wouldn't have really looked at it. I think Jose Aldo had some pull. Uh, Michael Chiesa. Uh, I think those were kind of the, the some of the names they were hoping to pull some people. But it wasn't a, a stacked card. I wouldn't say. Yeah, but it wasn't well, a bad card. Like it was. It was kind of stacked to a point. Like Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz could have highlighted. Uh, headlined a fight yes. night card. Michael Chiesa, Luque could have he- headlined yep. a fight night card. Even the Song Yudong, Casey Kenny could have he- headlined a fight night card. 
So it was stacked in that sense where a lot of these fights could have just on their own been main events in uh yeah in a fight night. But, but um I don't know. Derek, you got to look at the bantamweight division though after all these bantamweight fights recently and it's just it's a stacked division. Um all the way down yeah, like is. the top 20, all the way 1 through 20 are going to be some tough guys and Obviously, there's a big level change in the top five. The top five guys in the bantamweight division are like in their own class right now, but it's a stacked division for sure. Did you see? Uh, what was it? Do you know uh, Tanner Bozer? Do you see his tweet after the Derek Lewis Cyril Gon fight? Yeah, he yeah he said something about. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, my like, cousin, uh, my I lost when I lost to Cyril Gon. My cousin said I should have done this, this, and this, and he's he's never fought a day in his life and he's a mechanic or something yeah, so maybe like my, you should take after his my advice. fight he's like my third cousin hit me up and was telling me what i should and shouldn't have done to win the fight uh his name is sean he sells car parts question mark he's like at cyril gone if you want somebody to train for naganyu you know he's never trained in his life something yeah. like that that shit was so funny but it also makes me think of us because i'm like we literally basically two people who really don't really fight i box here and there and uh that's about it and it's I don't not know what you're talking to... about i'm obviously an expert yeah well i mean i feel like you can be an analytical expert but you know it was funny i was watching uh this thing on uh some video that fucking popped up and it was about joe rogan and Stephen a smith and the beef that they had with mma <laughs> and like joe rogan i mean why would you even try to argue with that man like you just don't try and argue with joe rogan even if you know you're right just don't because he's gonna yeah. tear you apart and he's gonna make you think that you're wrong uh, eventually but uh, God bless Joe Rogan is like he's like the god of of, of sports analysts for MMA, um, mm-hmm. but Stephen A. Smith, yeah, he's just an idiot when it comes to MMA, and it was like fucking proven. I think at the Donald Cerrone uh, Conor McGregor fight, yeah, he was there. That was so stupid. When, Don- yeah, when Donald Cerrone got he- TKO'd in forty seconds and the fight got stopped, seconds. but Stephen A. Smith said that he quit. It's like, well, no, he didn't quit. Yeah. He got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, and like he's like he didn't show up. Like, motherfucker, he showed the Donald Cerrone has never not shown up. Do yeah. you even know who that is? Like, he's never not shown up for a fight. He's had the most fights in UFC history. Why would he not show up to this? His biggest money fight of his career, potentially. Yeah. I don't know if it was I would assume it was. I don't know for a fact it was. But you know, I did see something else that kind of pissed me off. So I think last week we might have touched on it that uh, Stipe Miocic accepted a potential offer with John Jones. I don't know no, if we talked didn't. about well, that. Oh, yeah, he said that he would fight John Jones, but there was no yeah, offer. So somebody, yeah, so there was no okay, there was no official offer, but Stipe Miocic said he would take that fight. Yeah. Well, John Jones's manager came out and was talking about it, and he said no. He's like, that fight doesn't excite me or, or probably not John as well. And, that's what I said. You know, There's no reason not, John would take that but, fight. But here's but here's what pissed me off is he's saying that, you know, uh, he wants the best of the best and he doesn't if we wanted to you know, maybe if John felt like he needed a step up fight, he would take it, blah blah. blah. I'm like, all right, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> Stipe Miocic is not a step up fight. Stipe Miocic is the best heavyweight to do it. Ever. That is not a step up fight. How yeah. fucking disrespectful of John Jones's manager to consider Stipe Miocic as a step-up fight. The guy's already getting screwed right now. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier got back-to-back f- 
fights with Stipe Miocic when he lost. Stipe well, Miocic yeah. is one and one with Francis and is not getting the opportunity. And at this point, Stipe Miocic is old. He's not like, you know, crippling. He's old, like thirty. He's old. Yeah, and he's already probably gonna have to wait two fucking years now. Nah, he'll so. Potential. So John Jones isn't ever. John, the only reason he's not taking that fight is because Stipe is not the. Um, Stipe is not the yes, champ. I understand. And that's but all John wants is he wants to walk into a title fight, which he will walk into a title fight once they've settled their shit with Gon and Lewis. Um, and he'll probably fight in the spring of 2022. But, but what's funny to me, what would be Gon funny to me Gon. is if Naganyu loses to Gon, okay? Now Jones has to question whether he wants to take the fight with Cyril Gon. Well, at the same time, like, if something, if there's another hiccup with Jones, Stipe Miocic has the next right away to fight for the belt. Yeah. So what would be funny is if Naganyu loses, Stipe ends up fighting Cyril Gon before John Jones makes a decision, wins the belt back, and then John Jones wants to fight Stipe. If I was Stipe, I'd be like, no. No, I'm Stipe will take that. It would be a big money fight. He will. Him. He will. But it's just funny to me that... Oh, all of a sudden now Stipe is not a step-up fight, and for that reason alone, I hope if John Jones and Stipe Miocic ever meet down the line, I hope Stipe Miocic just fucking steamrolls him, just well, for that so fucking absolute disrespect. The way I see a lot of this playing is, I see Cyril Gon able. I think he's going to be able to beat Ngannou. I think he's actually favorited right now on the odds to beat Ngannou. He's not. He's not. He's not. Ngannou's favored like one twenty. It's like one twenty okay. plus one thirty. But, but it's, it's very close. close. Um, yeah, a lot closer and they were training the partners, right? They were training partners in France. Everybody tends yeah. to say from that camp that Gon got the better of Nganu. Now, obviously, Nganu's gotten a lot better with uh, being disciplined with his striking, at least in training camp, and with some of his wrestling now since he's moved camps. But um, Gon and Nganu is definitely a fight I want to see. I think we're, we might end up seeing Stipe versus Gon before Nganu decides he wants to fight again um if Ngannou that, keeps asking for, fight, huh i think that's a better fight i think stipe and gone's a better fight and i think stipe and, will probably be able to handle gone i think stipe will be able I to beat so gone um i think so too stipe's fought guys like that all the time coming up now gone is yes. better than a lot of those guys but stipe's Absolutely. used to that style and stipe can move really well as well and gone has power but steep he has the type of power that stipe has right he doesn't have the one-shot knockout power that Ngannou or Lewis well, has. Well, I I think at that level they all have that one-shot knockout power. They, but it's yeah, that, but not like it's different with Lewis and Ngannou. Out of that. Right. Yes. But yeah, I think that'll be interesting. So I'm uh, the heavyweight thing right now is kind of a cluster, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this all kind of clears up over the next yeah. few months. They really just shouldn't have made this fight uh, interim fight. It should have just been yeah, like a contenders to... fight because then you yes. could have put Stipe against Gon more easily if Ngannou yes. doesn't want to fight because it's hard. now it's hard to put Stipe in that mix because it now okay you're gonna fight for the interim belt again the interim belt's just getting but defended now like it's weird what's bullshit is Stipe deserves a fucking shot at the belt yeah but he's not gonna Why get it right he... now he's and either that's gonna what I'm saying. That's he's either gonna have annoying. to wait until after Gon fights Ngannou if John Jones is still being a dumbass or he's gonna have to fight Gon for the interim belt before he can fight Ngannou but if he fights Gon, there's a chance that they just slide John Jones in to fight Nganu and screw the interim belt, which they've done that before, right? There's been Colby Covington won the interim welterweight belt and then never fought for the title with it, right? So they've taken yeah. interim belts away for no reason. 
Um, if it's just weird. The whole thing's weird right now, so we'll see yeah. how it plays out. But but the switching... the Gon and Lewis fight was um like Gon is just such a technical striker, right? And he's just there's no he, chance. He's got such a he's got a great kickboxing record. He's very good. Like the way that he's able to move at that weight, he's I think he weighs like two forty five. Um, is pretty impressive, yeah. right? He moves a little bit better than Stipe, I would say, a little more fluid. Um, I think so. He's a little quicker, probably, with the in-and-out movement. But uh, Stipe's technical boxing is, is far beyond, though. Yeah, but he's going to have to contend with the leg kicks and the, the kicks from Cyril Gon. But Lewis, he threw, like, three punches. And it was just, I think it was just the pressure that got to Lewis, right? He was so worried about trying not to lose the fight. He didn't want to do it was anything. That. And Lewis, I think Lewis took this this camp way more serious than he's taken any other camp. And for that reason alone, I think he was watching game tape of this guy and realized how fucking dangerous he is and yeah. knew that he, all Derek Lewis had, you know, Derek Lewis's, his, his, his forte is out in the open. It's his right hand. That's all he's got. And he knows mm-hmm. that. The fact that Derek Lewis threw leg kicks kind of threw me for a loop in general, even though he only threw a couple. <laughs> Well, he's it thrown still him just before, looked abnormal. He has, but, but it just yeah. looked abnormal to me. But uh, he he knew how dangerous Cyril Gon was, and Cyril Gon had he he was too good at staying clear of his right hand. I think Derek Lewis, his best shot was to bulldog the whole fight and know that hey, you might get knocked out. Now it's easy, but way even still, that shouldn't be here. like yeah. It's easy for us to sit here and be like, dude, you should have rushed him. You should have rushed him because I can t- I can tell you from my little experience. If you fucking, it, it's if you know your best shot is to rush somebody and there's a chance of you getting knocked out, that looming chance of you getting knocked out just fucking it, it's a fear, you know. Yeah. And it's not like a trembling, like a crippling fear, but you are very aware you don't want to get knocked out. Nobody wants to get knocked out. Nobody wants to risk getting walked knocked out. So even though you know that's your best chance, you're gonna try and dance around that, and that's what happened, I think, personally. Well, and once but again, Gon just destroyed his leg with leg kicks, and once his leg was fucked up, that's when he got the knockout, right? Like, yeah, he took away Derek's yeah, no, base, he, and that was it. Yeah, Derek had no chance. I think after the first forty seconds, everyone kind of realized where that. Well, fight was after the end. first round, Derek Lewis was mixing up his strikes pretty well, right? Like if you look at the strike counter, he yeah, threw but one he, leg kick to the legs. He threw one body punch to the body and one head punch. So he mixed yeah, it up pretty well. <laughs> mixed one, it up two, a total three. of three punches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really getting crazy with it over there, but anyway, yeah. So that is a good fight, but. Uh, uh, what else do I have? Oh, I got uh, Conor McGregor shit talking again. I think he's about needs to fucking chill. Everybody's starting to get a little exhausted. I think of it. Yeah, especially uh, since he's rehabbing and won't be back until probably at least July time frame of next year, or maybe a little he, earlier. But. Listen, and I I think everybody's a little bit of a Conor McGregor fan, even if you don't like the guy. Everybody wants to watch him fight. But here's the deal: he's kind of like your ex girlfriend that breaks up with you for whatever reason and just clings on to that. Because he is still posting shit about this Dustin Poirier fight about how he didn't check any fucking leg kicks and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, motherfucker, you broke your leg on Dustin Poirier, whether he checked it, whether he didn't. You broke your leg on him. You got fucking TKO'd. Like, eat it. Eat the fucking bowl of fucking shit soup and move on because that's all you can do. Stop fucking sitting there hanging on tweeting this, tweeting that. You know, fucking, you know, he tweeted at Khabib about his father and this, that, and the other. It's like, man, just chill out. Like, you're starting to piss everybody off. Yeah. Um, 
And also, when he, he comes he, back, he's not going to get a no, top five. He might not even get a top Absolutely. five level fight, right? So he's which he if needs. He wants he, to honestly, come back, he needs a tune up. Yeah, he shouldn't get a top level fight because he needs a tune up. He should get somebody we all that's a little bit might. lower. We all know he fucking might. He's Dana White's money boy. Well, he's, he's not getting well a shot. At, he's he won't walk into the title. Um, no, he won't. The only thing I can see is if Gaethje loses to Chandler, he could fight Gaethje. Yes. But um, other than that, I don't too. see him fighting any of those top guys. I I wouldn't I would be surprised if it's not one of those top guys because if it's a money thing at this point, nobody really cares whether Conor McGregor wins or loses. People are going to pay the money to watch him fight, and Dana White knows yeah. that. But we'll see how that goes. He is. He did say he might. His they wanted him to fight. I want to say September. His doctor said uh, no earlier than October. So he said October, November, December. We should look well, to see Conor McGregor back in the ring. Who said that? Conor McGregor. Oh, I believe I, I saw say, him tweet that. Well, so I think that's when he's able to start training fully again um, on his leg. He said back fighting. He said yeah, back fighting. I don't know about that. I I think that's it's like sketchy, in two but months. but um, like it. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, Conor McGregor, ye, whatever, ye, ye. Uh, Derek Brunson, Darren Till, that got announced September fifth. That'll be a yeah. good fight. Both those guys, I think that's a, that's gonna be a good matchup overall. Um, Sean O'Malley and uh, Sean Shelby, who's the matchmaker for the UFC, have a little beef. I don't know if you saw that. Well, the issue is, is it's not. Well, so I don't know what Sean Shelby's side of it is. I just heard what Sean O'Malley said, and that he just got a call to go for a fight, which normally he probably would have taken, but he can't do it on that date because his coach has a jiu-jitsu tournament that he's already dedicated to helping him with, so he can't just bail on that. Um, I think it was for a fight in September. Um, And Sean Shelby's probably a little pissed because they want Sean O'Malley because he's a big draw, so they want to put him on pay-per-view cards, not as the main event, but just on the main card to get the buys. Um, So if he's looking at a weak pay-per-view card and then Sean O'Malley says he can't do it, um, he's going to be a little annoyed. But um, he's definitely annoyed. He told him he said something along the lines of, you know, go fucking hang out with six nine or some bullshit like that. Yeah, and I'm like, well, man, like, why, yeah. why you gotta be like, why, why would you want to burn a bridge? Why would you want to create beef with somebody who could potentially be the next money maker for the UFC? Yeah, Dana White's gonna love Sean O'Malley if Sean O'Malley keeps winning and keeps getting fucking highlights and keeps getting put in the the top ESPN article every fucking after every fight. He very well could be the next Conor McGregor that gets built up because he's so young, he's so upcoming, and he's so fucking talented. Why would you create beef with that guy? Yeah. For what reason? There's no reason. Sean and, and yeah. O'Malley's like, I don't even want to deal with Sean Shelby anymore. He's like, I just want to deal with Dana. He's like, Sean Shelby doesn't get it. You know, he's like, I already committed to Tim's. Tim Welch is his coach to Tim's. You know, jujitsu tournament. You know, yada yada. Prior to even knowing about this and there, there were some other disputes. I believe Sean O'Malley had. I don't know if it was it was pay. Uh, something to do with New York and taxes and, and, and being a really long distance, which I think the distance thing's kind of horseshit, but yeah, whatever. But, He's got some other disputes in there, but I think the main one, Tim Welch having his tournament, that's his coach. He dedicated yeah. something to him already. That's a fucking good enough reason to say no. That's well, there's also the thing that when you fight in New York, I don't believe you're allowed to wrap your ankles. Um, the commission doesn't let you wrap your ankles, but when you're fighting mm-hmm. Vegas, you're allowed to wrap your ankles, and so that's been a big thing for O'Malley ever since he broke his foot years ago. Um, so, 
that might have something to do with it too. But yeah, he's got scheduling conflicts, can't do it. But uh, yeah, the UFC also they don't have a card this week. Bellator has a card. Um, the only fight that I know is the main event, Gegard Mousasi. The PFL has a card where um, it's Rory McDonald is fighting Ray Cooper, and I don't know much about Ray Cooper, but Rory McDonald is a beast. And he's favored to win, but I think it's going to be a tough fight. And then Clay Collard, who really pieced up Anthony Pettis earlier in the year in the PFL, is fighting. Those are two fights that I'm probably going to try to tune into. Um, but other than that, I'm not too interested in the PFL card. I don't know yeah. much of the people. But Well, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to get into the big four uh, highlight guys in the boxing world at 135, um, like Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. Javante Davis and uh, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name Teofi Lopez or whatever Teofimo Lopez um, yeah I, I was going to talk about that but we're already we're already at our time and we'll talk about that because I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about Josh Taylor uh, trying to fight um, and Taylor possibly moving up and, and there's a possibility of, of Josh Taylor down the line fighting uh, Manny Pacquiao or Earl Spence Jr. depending on the outcome of that fight but there's a lot of chess pieces that got to get moved around but we'll talk about that next week um, just because we're already kind of hitting our budget of time here um other than that i think the biggest thing that interests me for the future that i'm looking forward to again it's heavyweight related is francis naganyu and cyril gone taking place in france dana white agrees everybody agrees it couldn't really be scripted better so that would be pretty fucking cool one thing i didn't mention that I, I did see i don't know if you saw they're moving back to fight island october 30th yeah and it's not it's going to be a pay-per-view card but it's not going to be pay-per-view so yeah, it's gonna be so, uh, just free on ESPN Plus. Um, it starts so, at 11 a.m. Eastern time in the U.S. I don't yes. know whatever time that is out there for you, but uh, but yeah. uh, uh, seven hours ahead. So figure it the fuck out, people. So is that 6 a.m. 6 p.m. or 11 a.m. 6 p.m. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's about it. That's all I got. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the fight world, and. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be getting Drew a better microphone so it doesn't sound like he's like deep throating his cell phone while we're talking. <laughs> and hopefully I can figure out something to get rid of whatever little background noise I have. Other than that, we're making it work the best we can. That's all I got. You need anything? No. All right. Well, uh, we'll get back to it next week then. Bye.